Hi, Jonathan Williams back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Bricks and Mortar podcast, well, that's a podcast about property, buying, selling, renting, or investing in property. I'm sure that we're going to have something that floats your boat and lights your candle. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? 50th episode. I tell you what, when I started this, I thought I might be able to knock out about half a dozen or so. But uh, it just seems to keep on going. We've got some great guests that are booked in to come and see me over the next couple of weeks and months. I'll tell you a little bit about that after we introduce Edvis, who is going to be our guest today on the 50th episode. Edvis, well, I tell you what we talked about. We talked about movement, we talked about meditation, and we talked about motivation it's a little bit off kilter as far as our normal interviews are concerned. Did we talk about property? I'm not too sure how much property we talked about, but he was just inspirational as far as what he was talking about on the meditation side of things, on the motivation. He's all about growth mindset. And I guess that if you're a property developer or indeed if you have got any aspirations to do well in your career, growth mindset is what it's all about. It's trying to get that belief that you can find something, find the answer to anything that you've been asked to do. Because if you've got that confidence that you are able to find out the answer and things will be better, then that growth mindset will set you in great store moving forward. It'll prevent you from plateauing on your career because what you'll need to, to want to do with the growth mindset is that you'll continue to want to push forward and push forward and once you reach your goals then you'll be setting new aspirational goals so growth mindset is just so so important and that's something that we're going to talk about uh, in our interview coming up. Big news, big big news is that the government at long last have let the cat out the bag with regards to the new tenancy agreement. As I'm talking here, I am flicking through the Scottish Government model private residential tenancy agreement. This is the new tenancy agreement that is going to take over from the short assured tenancy. And I guess there are three main points to discuss. I think we'll probably do a podcast about this or, or we'll get one of the letting agents that we've interviewed or get a, another letting agent just to go through what the main changes are. But from my point of view, one of the big admin changes is that they're doing away with the notification that you're going to be entering into a short assured tenancy. And that means there's no more 85s. And there's also no more serving of notice of proceedings or notice of evictions, that's all been kicked into touch. It's just a straightforward, standardised private residential tenancy agreement. And what the government have decided to do, I suppose they're maybe taking the lead from the solicitors in that they're trying to standardise the, the, um, the missives by introducing the standard residential missive. Well, they've introduced this private residential tenancy and there are mandatory clauses that you have to have in a tenancy. And I'm, I'm guessing, um, although I haven't spoken to any uh, letting agents, but I'm guessing that these will f 
will form the backbone of residential tenancies moving forward and that they are becoming standardised. I guess the, the model tenancy will probably change over time, uh, but this is the one that they've come up with. So 85s are getting kicked into the long grass and the big biggie is that uh, the six month short assured tenancy, there is no ability for the landlord to ensure that the tenant will stay in the property for at least six months. Ultimately, what the new legislation is saying is that tenants can give 28 days notice pretty much at any stage in the tenancy agreement. And then from landlords, how the hell are you going to get your tenants out? Well, there is a strict policy within the, the rental agreement which says that the landlord must give the tenant at least 28 days notice on the tenant receiving a notice to leave and the tenant has to leave if the landlord is able to establish one or more of the mandatory grounds and the mandatory grounds are as follows I'll just run through these that the tenant's not occupying the let property as his or her only or principal home the tenant has breached the tenancy agreement the tenant is in arrears for three or more consecutive months the tenant has relevant criminal conviction the tenant has engaged in relevant antisocial behavior and the tenant has associated with a person who has a relevant conviction or has engaged in antisocial behaviour. And that's right off the legislation as I'm reading it at the moment. So tenants can walk after a, a 28 day period. And I think according to this, the idea is that if there are mandatory grounds that the tenant has not complied with, then the landlord can serve notice. So they are claiming that it is making the whole system a little bit easier. So we'll see over the coming weeks, months and years how people are adapting to the new legislation. But for goodness sakes, it's coming in in December. I'm now recording this. It's only come out last week. So that's giving the poor letting agents six weeks. First of December, six weeks to get the house in order. I mean, could this not all have been done weeks, possibly months ago? Just, just don't understand it. Just don't understand it. So that's the big news that happened today. Other news, lots of clients are coming to me and asking, uh, buy to let clients are coming to me and asking, you know, should we in buying property should we be going limited company because of the tax changes should we be staying as an individual it's a huge question and one that you need to seek advice on and whilst i'm quite happy to throw my tuppence halfpenny in it's the professionals you need to speak to it's the accountant and if you need advice from an accountant then do get in touch um, we've got uh, one accountant who specialises solely in giving advice 
with regards to the buy-to-let market. So if you're needing any advice, then just give us a holler on the usual channels and I'll come back to that at the end of the show. The other thing to note is that we've had a couple of clients come to me trying to get mortgages where the property price or the value is less than £50,000. It's You can do that. There's maybe one lender out there who's able to look at that under £50,000. But if you're trying to wrap that buy-to-let property and you're paying less than £50,000 or the property's valued at less than £50,000, then there's nobody currently out there who's prepared to look at that on a buy-to-let basis. So that's something if you are, if you have set your stall out and you're wanting to troll around the towns of Ayrshire or, or uh, um, South Lanarkshire trying to, to mop up properties under £50,000, then it looks very much as if you are going to have to take that as an individual. And one way that you could possibly look at taking out a personal loan, uh, taking title in the name of a limited company, uh, you would then not, you would, you would take the personal loan that will ensure that you're going to buy the property, you would then wait the six months and then after the six months, then if the property is valued at £50,000, but you've maybe only paid £40,000 for the property, then that's possibly a way, or as long as you've kept the property for six months, then you can potentially remortgage that. So that's uh, who's come to see me this week um, and what we've been talking about. Limited companies on the buy to let clients that have got uh, trying to buy properties uh, at under fifty thousand pounds, it's it's a bit of a struggle, bit bit of a struggle. We also spoke to a number of estate agents during the week, and they're saying that you, the likes of the South Side and the West End are still marching ahead with regards to property values, but anything outside that area is pretty pretty patchy. Anything that's over sort of five hundred thousand pounds is a real struggle to shift uh, obviously down to the stamp duty changes the lbtt changes so a lot of agents out there are struggling at the high ends i've, I've been told that there's various properties in bears den that have been on the market you know 750 plus it's a chunky sum of money but seven hundred fifty thousand pounds and they've had properties on their boots for seven or eight seven or eight months so it's still at the top end continuing to be a struggle but in the, the, the good areas in the West End and the South Side, two, three bedroom flats, the, the estate agents can't get them on quick enough and they're just getting shot out the door at, at well above home report value. So we'll see as we dribble out of the, obviously the kids are now back at school following the October break. So what tends to happen now is that the market tends to dribble down into Christmas and slightly beyond and then we start ramping back up as far as the, the market in 2018 so interest rate rise on the cusp we're on the cusp of an interest rate rise potentially in November so we'll see how that goes I appreciate I've been prattling on here for 10-11 minutes or so listen let's get into that interview here's my chat with Edvis It's Jonathan Moyes back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Uh, today we've got a bit of a special one for you and we're going to be interviewing, it's maybe not going to be so much about property, 
this time round um, we're going to talk about, um, as I said to Edvis, who I've got in front of me, Edvis and Kytis. He runs Spiral Health and Fitness. He's a personal trainer. And what we're going to talk about is meditation, motivation, and also a bit of movement. So without further ado, let's introduce yourself, Edvis. So Edvis, you're from Kaunas, Lithuania. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what is a, a somebody from Kaunas, Lithuania doing in Bathgate, <laughs> trying to teach the good people of Bathgate how to move? Right. Um, well, my gym, my gym is in Livingston, right next to Bathgate, okay. and uh, well, it was uh, an affair that brought me here to Scotland. Right. Uh, uh, from Lithuania, from Kaunas, I moved to Spain, and I lived there for twelve years. Right. I met a girl that was originally from Livingston, and uh, we decided to move to Scotland five oh, years right. ago. So okay, and you were telling me earlier that. Your background isn't necessarily it was personal training, it was hospitality. Yeah. So jump from hospitality to personal training. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey. Right, so uh, back in 2013, I think one of my first courses that uh, I booked myself um, onto was uh, CrossFit. Okay, for yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like a kind of a sports and conditioning kind of a program. And... Um, so I've, I went to Brussels, I got my qualifications for CrossFit, but then I've realized that to work here in UK with people to help uh, design programs for them, I would need I would need insurance and I would need to have personal trainer qualifications. So right. okay. I got all the qualifications needed. Um, I got qualified to work with cardiovascular disease rehabilitation, with diabetes management as well, so I kind of became... Bit of a specialist. So, how do you go about doing that? Is that HNCs, HNDs at college? Is just night um, classes? No, I've done. I've done um, all. Most of my studying was online. Most of my studying okay. online, and uh, the only one that wasn't online was uh, the cardiovascular rehabilitation specialist qualification, yep. and I got that through British Association for Cardiovascular Prevention and Rehabilitation. So, and these guys are. Well, that qualification is like a gold standard for any fitness profession. Yeah, yeah. Here in the United Kingdom. Okay, good. Um, and when did you start your gym? Um, right, so I've, I've done all my qualifications. I studied hard for a good um, three, four years. Yep. And um, I opened my gym in 2015. So okay. two years ago, it'll be, well, we had a birthday in July. So. And how did you find that? When, what was the step from being, was that always the end game to get a gym set it up as a business and move forward well no initially the way the way it started initially um, it was just an idea to maybe have like a part-time job uh, as right. you mentioned I was I was in hospitality so I was managing a, a busy place in uh, right in the center of Edinburgh and I thought uh, I'll do it as a as a part-time job bit of a side hustle yeah yeah because I always used to spend plenty of time in the gym so I thought I'll turn my passion for sports into into a job yeah into a job and okay. then the appetite grew as, as as I went along and then I went from one qualification to another qualification and then so you were doing all these qualifications whilst you were working yeah sure okay sure sure, sure. while so bringing a family as well it, it must have been a so what was the step that you decided you know what I'm jacking in the job and I'm going to go the, go f- this mm-hmm. full time I mean that must have been a, a huge consideration for you absolutely absolutely but um, once I realized how powerful exercise and improved nutrition and lifestyle changes 
how how powerful it can be yeah. for for one's health and for one's uh, life. Um, I decided. Well, I found my passion, and I thought, right, I want to start. I want to start my own business. I always wanted to start my own business. Yeah. When I was back in Spain, uh, me and my dad had uh, had a company set up as well. So I always had this kind of entrepreneurial spirit in me. Okay. So, uh, matched the two together: passion for health, passion for. Um, your own business, working for yourself, and okay. there came Spiral Health and Fitness. So, I know exactly where you've, you've got to, you know, having been a, a solicitor for, for years and years and then just deciding to do something slightly different. Um, it is, once you decide to make that move, how, how did you afford the month-to-month bills moving forward. Does the missus work? Or did um, work? Yes, yes. Well, it did work, but uh, well, I had some of uh, some savings. You know, I brought some money with me when we moved when we moved from Spain. Yeah. Um, I've written a business plan. I've applied for a loan, uh, and kind people in Bank of Scotland did help me out. Did approve the loan for me. So okay. Surely I had, All right. I had so some, had some capital, capital there yeah, yeah, yeah. to move forward. All right. Yeah. So you've. Do you buy the equipment for the with the gym? Or yes, do you at least yes, that yes, out? You yes, the yes. Initial initial bit for the first gym because this is we're in the second one already. Well, we just moved the old one into a new premises. All right. The initial bit, yes, I paid. I paid for all of it. Okay. All and then you've got a long term lease of the new yes, premises. Yes, 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 oh, yes. Right. So I'll lease the first unit for uh, for twelve months, um, and then we kind of grew a little bit. Another guy joined me a year later, and we were looking for a bigger unit. Uh, to work from so okay. we moved premises and you d- and tell me as far as um, how you get paid you get paid by um, individuals who contract you for various courses is that sure, how it works sure 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 initially I started doing these like 12 week programs and um, helping people with exercise but at the same time helping them to build better habits uh, yeah. better nutritional habits as well um, and uh, yeah that's that's how business is built now we sell like memberships we sell just like a fitness kind of a, like a personal training memberships as well right people pay monthly okay um, we have a few people that uh, like uh, West Lothian Council pays for a couple of kids that train with us as well okay. so Good. we're looking to expand that way uh, because again like personal training can be expensive so yeah, yeah. I'm sure, if we can get some funding from uh, like a, a public body, it makes mm-hmm. life a lot easier for them, mm-hmm. and it makes it good for us as well. So, okay, so we'll, we'll move on to the three M's that I wanted to talk to you about today. So let's let's kick off with motivation. All right, something that at the start of the year, first of January, everybody's motivated. Everybody's put on a couple of pounds over Christmas. You will have heard the story. Sure. Um, and suddenly your phone's not off, ringing off the hook. Sure. Got to get to Edvis, Edvis, Edvis. You need to lose some weight. But then it begins to wane. So how do you motivate people? Well, um, big, big thing with motivation is that we don't really have our goals clear. Um, okay. I think it's well not that I think I know that it's very important to to dig down you know like very often we want uh, weight loss for example or we want to look uh, a certain way but there's always a sponsoring thought behind it you know so why do you want to lose weight why do you want to look better and very often it comes down to 
you know, people want maybe improved relationships or they want to feel more confident about themselves. So again, and then you go a layer deeper. Why do you want to, you know, why do you want to feel more confident? What, what is the problem? So if you get down to the real, real goal, mm -hmm. then motivation becomes a lot more natural and a lot easier because now, uh, example, uh, for example, somebody comes up to me and says, I want to lose weight. They lose weight, but the sponsoring thought, the sponsoring goal behind mm -hmm. it was improved confidence. But confidence comes from inside, not because how you look. Yep. And very often they lose weight and they don't feel any more confident and they get demotivated. Right. Yeah. Or for example, they want uh, a new relationship. They lose weight, the new relationship still doesn't happen and they just get demotivated. Right, okay. So the losing of the weight was not the why, the confidence was yes. was the why. So yes. you've got to try, from what you're saying, is you've got to try and identify what the, the big goal. why is. Yes. Okay. So once you've identified the why, right, and the person, uh, the client knows exactly why they're wanting to do that, there still is, or potentially can be, a lack of motivation. There are things that. Uh, they get dragged off in, in various other different directions. How are you able to pull them back and to focus upon that, the why? Mm -hmm. Again, it all goes back to the individual. You know, I have never had two clients that were the same. Uh -huh. So, um, again, it's just talking through getting the, 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 the real emotions out, real feelings and real thoughts uh, about it. And, environment becomes very very important and when i talk about environments uh, environments uh, with uh, people with my clients first and the most important one is your own thoughts and your own feelings yeah you know you can never get away from that but then again it comes down to your family to your friends to the work environment and how stressful those are and uh, it was i think einstein that said that the sole governing agency of the particle is the field yeah, so right. environment will always affect how you do your actions. Uh -huh. Yeah, so looking into those is very, very important and modifying them if possible. Okay, you mentioned just there touching on, on goals. Do you think goals is an important aspect of, of motivation? Sure, sure, because some clear direction is very important. It's like, um, I say if you're if you're if you're a captain and if you got a ship, you want to know where you're sailing. Yeah. You, know, you can go and sail the seas, but ideally, you know that you're going from, I don't know, uh, Manchester to 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 New York. Yeah. And it helps. It helps a great deal rather than just sailing through Atlantic. Yeah. Trying to make sure that I got uh, this one no, right. No, that's yeah. right. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So on on the goal side of things, do you encourage your clients to write the goals down? Yes, yes. Write them down, visualize them, uh, be really, really clear. The more specific you become with what you want to achieve, and the easier it becomes. And when you're speaking to the clients, are you talking to them about the way that I, that I sort of deal with, with my goals is very much you've got a sort of five-year, a one-year... A one Sure. monthly, weekly, etc. And you, you write them down every every Sunday, certainly that's what I do, or try and do every Sunday is I will review the weekly goals from the previous week mm -hmm. and then look forward to the following week, see what the diary's like and then say, well, in order for me to achieve my monthly goals, I need to be here with the weekly goals 
and then there's always a sort of review on the annual goals and then ultimately there's the 40,000 foot goals. Sure. I mean, are you as specific with that, with the clients to say, listen, you Maybe. need to write these down? Yeah, like I've, I've, I give out these, these, these manuals to every single client that, that starts in our gym and there's a section, you know, where you write down all your goals. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to health and fitness, um, I don't get my clients to be as specific, but right. yeah, sure, you know, like a bigger kind of a goals as, as, as what you're talking about, I call those like a direction, you know, so you know where you want to be moving. But then for that, you know, there's like process goals. There's also small things and what, I, what do I need to focus on daily? Yeah. So I, broke it I break it down in the direction and focus. Okay. And then smaller goals, maybe like kind of like milestones. But you want to have... So if let's say I want to become um, a writer, uh, that's, that's my direction. If I want to publish a book, then therefore um, my goal could be, you know, getting to know some sort of publisher or something like that, or maybe, maybe getting some of my articles published by a newspaper, but then focus and that's right. So I need to research this one daily, certain topics, what I want to write about, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, a big goal, sure, smaller goals, but daily focus is very, very important. Yeah, okay. And have you written down your goals? Sure. You've got your sure, goals, sure, okay. Sure, 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 And what is the ultimate professional goal? Uh, the ultimate professional goal? Um, I want to, you know, because I've been studying loads of psychology as well, loads of uh, neuroscience, loads of behavior change as well. Mm. Um, eventually, I want to move health and fitness is very very important but I want to move into mental health as right. well because okay. I think with uh, my head's going to become too big now for the camera but I uh, with the skills and the knowledge that I have I, I know I can help people to overcome um, certain beliefs that they might have about themselves and anxieties and worries and stress and, 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 and because there's, 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 there's science behind it you know we can rewire our Personality, we can rewire our subconscious mind yeah. using certain techniques. So, the same way I've got the gym for the body now, uh, I want to create a gym for the mind and help people maybe with mental health. Okay, okay. Um, we've spoken a fair amount there about motivation. Um, I've read various quotes of motivation, and one that sticks with me is that, that motivation gets you in the game, it's habits that keep you there. Sure. So, Talk to me a little bit about creating habits and, and how you go about with your clients trying to create those habits. Mm -hmm. Right, okay, so motivation, sure, because motivation is all, um, can I talk neuroscience? Can I yeah, you yeah. become technical? I'm sure people well? are switching <laughs> off just yet. <laughs> yeah, stay with us, please. <laughs> um, when, we, when we think of uh, our goals, you know, we are thinking with our creative brain, okay? So neocortex, our newest part, the walnut kind of a part of your brain. But um, when you become, well, let's say something happens, you become more emotional or you get stressed or you worry about things, yeah. you kind of drop down to your limbic part of your brain. Uh -huh. And that one, it really depends on autopilot, on, um, on your programmed behaviors. Right. So um, the trick here is now to, uh, well, identify those, those behaviors and try to modify them. So you kind of, you try to rewire your subconscious instead of trying to become more conscious because sure, sure, there's, there's, uh, there's reasons um, to be more conscious, but again, 
subconscious will always overtake because that's how your brain is designed. It's, mm-hmm. it's designed to run on autopilot, otherwise it would be using too much energy. So when it comes down to habits, you want to change those, but those are changed with your feelings, your thoughts, followed by action. So there's, there's yeah. certain certain exercises that you can do. Meditation comes, um, plays a big role into that. You know, visualizing uh, becomes a very, very important. Uh, gratefulness for things, you know, journaling and loads of different ways of expressing that emotion um, of how you want to feel become you, crucial. You here. have to take action in order for you to sure. create a habit. You can't just say, I want to create a habit. You've actually got to almost think outside the box and, and think, as you were saying, about visualization, mm-hmm. about journaling, about meditation. Um, what about meditation? I know that you do a fair amount of meditation. I, I try and get my mm-hmm. meditation in um, on a daily basis. I, f- I find it certainly something that just calms the mind. Just I try to do it at, at the start of the day. Um, just tries to, allows me to just sort of calm my mind and allows me to reflect about what's happened, what's going to be happening in the forthcoming day. Well, how do you use meditation? Sure. Um, right. Well, I came to meditation uh, not for any like philosophical reasons. I came to meditation purely from like science perspective through understanding brain and its functions yeah. and, and, and how it works, the, the, the neuroscience. And um, it, to me, it's all about brain waves. So when we run through the day and uh, normally when let's say we go to work, we take care of kids and do various things, we operate at uh, beta brainwave. Okay, so it's kind of a very high frequency um, brainwave. When you meditate, and if you believe if you practice it for a while, you you get uh, skilled at slowing down your brainwaves to maybe yeah. alpha brainwaves, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then rewiring of subconscious becomes a lot easier. If you become really skilled at it, you can you can move into theta brainwaves. That's uh-huh. that's the same kind of a brave brainwave pattern um, that you would see in children zero to two years old. Yeah. And then you, your brain becomes, you're increasing your brain's neuroplasticity and your brain becomes um, very suggestible. So you can input new information very easily. Okay. Yeah. So I use meditation again for rewiring of my subconscious for relaxation. Sure. But uh, more, more from really changing your personality and so if you're wanting creating to, your future that yeah. you want. So if you're wanting to create a new habit, then what you're saying is that that should become easier as you're doing the meditation. Sure, sure, sure. Right. Ideally, you would you'd go through kind of like analysis of what you want to change, what kind of a what what maybe belief that you have. I don't know, maybe. I don't know, maybe you get up in the morning and you already feel angry without any particular trigger or you feel sad or you feel depressed or you mm-hmm. feel like you're not good enough or, you know, we, we have a variety of different things, you know, and I'm no, no, no exclusion here. Um, but you purposefully then pull yourself towards the other side. So let's say if I was, uh, if I had anger issues, right? Um, I would then meditate on acceptance, on letting go, on forgiveness, on, uh, all those kind of emotions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the hundreds of apps out there mm-hmm. for regards to, to meditation. Do you, do you use apps and um, for meditation or could you recommend yeah, one? Um, well, I would recommend any of those that... that hmm, right, would I recommend an app? 
Um, I use Calm. I use Headspace. I yeah. use loads of different meditations on YouTube. Would I recommend one? Um, I wouldn't say so. It depends again where you are with it, how skilled, if you tried it before, if you haven't tried it before. <clears throat> but for a beginner, I would say just choose maybe some sort of music. Um, you can, you can, for example, on YouTube, if you type in uh, 528 hertz, you know, that's, uh, you say it's like love frequency. Right. Yeah? And it's very calming, you know, so it slows your brain waves down as well. And maybe start with, you know, even two sets of five minutes daily and yep. build a habit, you know. So having a habit is much more important than, um, you know, meditating for an hour and reaching some sort of Zen point or something like that. Yeah. First, yeah. build a habit. And if you, if you do it for, let's say, uh, 30 days, you know, five minutes in the morning and five minutes, I don't know, 4 p.m. or something like that. Yeah. If you do that, you will notice the changes yourself and you will not... You will not need anyone to tell you that you need to meditate yeah. anymore. You will. You will it's see amazing. It is an amazing thing. Sure. sure. You know, once you get into it, I mean, it really does help. It really does help. The, one of the other things that I've I started doing, uh, and I'm on day three hundred and thirty-four, is journaling. Mm-hmm. Good. Journaling is something that um, it's just a sort of uh, I took this from the the internet. Just ten questions. Mm-hmm. And it's just quite quickly, 10 questions, and every day you just, what you're grateful for, what went well in the day, what would you stop doing, what would you start doing, what would you change, what would you continue doing, small wins. And that's something for me that has helped greatly. Um, journaling, big advocate of that? Absolutely. I journal every day. Sometimes I do miss do a day, you know, but very rarely. Pen or pen, like, hand. Yeah, hand. I do yeah. on an app, so or on my, my phone, mm-hmm. just because I will. Sometimes I'll type, but I'm not yeah. the fastest typer no. in the world. So and I I, I really enjoy writing. I uh-huh. really enjoy writing. Uh, so and I think it kind of puts more emotion into it. But yeah, that's no, just my I can own get, thing, No, no, so. I can get that. And do you have a set thing as to what you're going to be? Journaling ab- about or um, is it very always much free free thought? I always start with gratefulness. I always start with gratefulness. Uh, you know, I thank <clears throat> universe for things that already happened, uh, things that are coming in uh, in the near future. Um, health of my kids and, and family and gratefulness is a it's an enormous thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you can feel grateful about. You know, this the smallest thing. It, it just, you know, a, a, a bit of an aside here. I had um, a client that was meant to be getting a damp and timber specialist report, okay, and it was meant to be done on Friday. And I get to work today, and um, I find out it's not been done. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, the, 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 the transaction could fall because we've not done the damp and timber specialist report. So I'm on to the guy who's meant to do it. Um, and he tells me that his mate that he's known for years has got three days to live. He got told last week his, 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 his um, daughter got married two weeks ago. Guy was fit as a fiddle um, and ends up that he's got uh, brain cancer. He's got three days to live. And what he had to do was he had to get his mother and uh, his wife and his kids up to the Beatson because they didn't drive. 
and that's why he couldn't do mm-hmm. the um, the dampened timber specialist survey. So you think of something like that, and you think you went on to the phone call about to read the riot act with him as to why the bloody hell didn't he do the, the survey, and then you find out a story like that, that gratefulness just comes into that and in that you're so grateful that you're as healthy, your family are healthy, etc. Um, and it just it's so important that if you just step back and every day think about something that you're grateful for, it just makes a huge difference, I've found. Absolutely, absolutely. I meditate, you know, writing uh, gratefulness journals is, is a form of meditation and it's a form of, uh, is one of the tools for rewiring your subconscious mind because, again, once you feel grateful, then it's very hard to feel depressed or angry yeah, or yeah. anxious yeah, about yeah. things, you yeah. know, because you are grateful for all the little things that you have. So therefore, mm-hmm. and the more you think thought, you know, so how, what do I mean by all this subconscious rewiring? Think, every time you think a thought, you know, your brain cells get excited, you know, so let's say, let's say a certain pattern of your neurons lights up, mm-hmm. yeah? The more you think the same thought, okay, there's a connections formed between uh, those neurons, it's called the Hebb's law, yeah? Right. So these connections are called synaptic connections. So the more you think about the same thing, the more it becomes your personality, the more it becomes your subconscious mind. Yeah. So when you're grateful uh, and you, you practice it constantly, then you just become more grateful for person mm. without putting any effort into it. It just becomes part of your personality. Yeah. Uh, what, what about um, moving forward? Let's talk confidence, self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll no doubt meet a lot of people throughout your career who appear to be lacking self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many respects they've maybe come to you to lose weight or to get fit and I guess as a byproduct of that their self-confidence will improve Massive. immeasurably yes so other than than trying to get fit or losing weight how do you change your self-confidence you practice it by affirmations help here yeah affirmations okay. you know so obviously journaling is, is is a good intervention it's a good tool you know it's a good thing to practice meditation for sure you know um visualizations for sure affirmations you know like telling yourself who you want to be who you want to become how that person of uh, who you want to become should act and should feel or how how would they how would they present themselves how sure. difficult do you get your, how difficult is it to get your clients to sort of buy into that because it's it, it's Bathgate not yeah, taking yeah. anything away from Bathgate I mean it could be talking about anywhere but you know the Scottish psyche is very much if, if, if you said listen you need to say these affirmations when you get up when you go to bed people start thinking mm-hmm. and then is it not quite well, you've said it's difficult for them to buy sure, into. Sure, consistency is one of the biggest challenges, you know. And I always say to people, it's like uh, it's like gym, you know. It's like if you if you do it for a month, you're gonna become fitter. Uh-huh. You know, you give it up. Two months later, there's gonna be no sign of you having what it done, done. You know, yeah, like yeah. a few months ago. 
So the same thing with the affirmations, with the meditation, you know, it's just ideally you're building a habit out of it because it's only consistency that's going to give you the results. Uh -huh. But for sure, for sure it is challenging. So what I always suggest is start very small, you know, yes. you got to push yourself out of the comfort zone, but don't push yourself too far out that you would go, oh, you know, this is too much. This is not for me. This is not compatible with my lifestyle. Small steps. Yeah, small well, steps. that's the analogy of people. First of January, I go to the gym, and they go to the gym yeah. for the first three weeks, and and they're never out of the gym, and then suddenly, for whatever reason, they, they stop because they haven't created that habit. Yes. And what you're saying is that one of the best ways to create the habit is to just to start off small, yes. and then incrementally increase that yes. as you're going yes, forward. Yes. The same what I've just said to you, you know with the meditation. Ideally, you know, you can build up to whatever you want, but let's say start with, with I don't know, with one meditation for five minutes a day. Yeah. You know, that, that's, but do it consistently. Do, start with three minutes meditation, you know, but do it consistently because then you can build up later. And yeah. affirmations, I love affirmations, I have to say. Um, I've got, um, there's three sets of affirmations that, that I've got that I've actually recorded mm -hmm. onto my, my phone. Mm -hmm. And maybe it takes two minutes or three minutes to go through these. But it's just great to sit down and again, almost a form of meditation that you plug them in sure. and you listen to the affirmations. And you do, you, if you do that on a regular basis, it does change the way that you take on the rest of the day. It changes. It changes how you feel, and feeling is the key. Feeling yeah. is the key. It's not is it about. Not, is it not really frustrating though that you know you know the secret sauce? You know that if you use the secret sauce, it will work. Is it not frustrating that these that you tell these people and they maybe use it for a week or two and then they don't use it? Is that not? It is. It is. But that's why you know I don't look at it as as uh, as just interventions. You know, it's um, it's like everybody knows that exercise is good for us. Yeah. How many of us do actually exercise regularly? Uh -huh. Very, very few. You know. But therefore, I go back and start looking in uh, the emotional side. You know. So if you're if you're overwhelmed and you're stressed and you're worried about I don't know something that is going to happen tomorrow or whatever else, or you're anxious about things self-care and self-love and whatever else is going to be the last thing on your mind you know so therefore i think the step number one is to help people to overcome this emotional turmoil so kind of a we're going back to counseling now yeah yeah okay but it's a big big part of it big big part of it because unless you're going to get your feelings right nothing else is going to work mm -hmm. so that's the two of the the m's the meditation and the motivation let's move on to movement then mm -hmm. Um, so as far as movement is concerned, what is it that you do? Do you, do you run? Do you I do. And I do. Uh, all of those I do. Okay. <laughs> but um, I always say variety is probably the best thing for you, you know. So do okay. some weights, challenge the muscles, you know. Make sure your bones grow stronger because your body is very, very uh, adaptable organism, you know. It will mm -hmm. adapt to whatever kind of a overload that you're going to throw at it so sure running is good for your cardiovascular system and your for your lung capacity and doing some weights is going to help you build stronger muscles it will improve your metabolism and doing a little bit of stretching that's one of the biggest things probably that i noticed since i started the business that you know it's not that people's muscles are deconditioned but they're very very tight because we spend way too much time you know seated we sit in the car we sit at the table we sit while we read while we you know while we eat um and do all these different other things while we work 
Um, so yoga becomes a big part of it, or not even kind of. A, you don't need to become a yogi, but stretching and mm-hmm. having some sort of stretching routine, very important. Doing maybe some sort of higher intensity classes, awesome. You know, so variety is always the key, and finding something that you really enjoy. So exercise doesn't become a chore as such. Yeah. So you love it yeah. because, as uh, my coach says, you cannot create the life. Uh, that you love by doing the things that you love, you know, so it's mm-hmm. you, you gotta enjoy it. Yeah Okay, that's good. That's good. Is there anything that you Wanted me to ask you that I've not asked you um, I don't know I've covered quite a few things here um, <laughs> No, I just just if, if I can add something, you know that the the, the feeling is the key, you know, so we often think that uh, we think with our brain, but our brain is really, you know, understanding the brain science is just like a pattern recognizing machine is just to process the information. But a lot of what we do and how we create comes from our heart. And for anyone watching or listening, I could suggest uh, or I could offer to, to look up Heart Math Institute. These guys have done loads and loads of research and right. loads of work of brain heart coherence and, uh, you know, most of your thoughts originate in your heart. Your heart sends more electrical impulses to your brain than your brain does to your heart. Wow. So okay. So tell us that again. What, what, what should the heart, viewers look at? Heart Math Institute. Heart Math Institute. Yes. Okay, I'll look yes. that up. Google them and, and, and these guys are doing loads and loads of amazing work there. Okay. So. Good, good. Well, listen, um, I'll walk you to the exit. Um, I know that we've not talked anything about property, um, <laughs> but I guess before we do that, you rent at the moment, hoping to get onto sure. the um, onto the property ladder. I'm sure, you're going to help me out with that. Well, let's, uh, well, <laughs> delighted to do that if if, if you want me to. Um, so renting, I mean, we've already alluded to the fact that you're shelling out this amount of money on a monthly basis, and you've got nothing in essence to show of it, which is is unfortunately the tenants the tenants lot. Um, but I, I guess trying to get onto the property property ladder sooner rather than later. Sure, 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 sure. You know, I didn't have very high expectations since I only started my business uh, two years ago, and yeah. uh, I think I've been advised by 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 somebody who understands those things already. They said, uh, "Well, with one year's books or with one year's accounts, yeah. you will have very few lenders giving you." Uh, offering you mortgage so he says like wait two years so uh-huh. I'm, I'm hoping maybe I can I can get on the ladder now okay well we'll need to have a look at your books and see if we can do something because certainly after one year you should be able to get a mortgage it mm-hmm. just depends what the books look like mm-hmm. and what your income and expenditures are like um, and the property that you've you've rented is that rented through a, a managing agent or do you do you rent uh, it directly from the landlord? No, from directly from the landlord. We were right. lucky enough to to meet this woman that that helped us out, and because uh, I think Colette's sister was renting from her, and she had another property. Okay, and, uh, right. She offered us one, and it was a beautiful house. So. And how have you found the relationship between tenant and, and landlord? At, uh, no fine, problem. you haven't yeah, had yeah, any yeah, issues. That, no hassle whatsoever. No. But I heard some horror stories as well. So I think it really depends on the person. Yeah, I think it depends on both. You know, if the tenants are good and they pay, you know, rent on time, and neighbors are not complaining about things, so uh-huh. sure, you know, it's a win-win situation. Yeah, there's nothing better, certainly from a landlord's perspective. There's nothing better to get that tenant in that's, sure. that's 
always paying the rent on time. Sure. Um, and I do agree with you that if you've got a, a tenant who you never hear from and pays the rent on time, that if they do contact you, then you know, you, you, you're know you more likely to want to try and get the thing sorted out as quickly as possible. Sure. Right. So listen, I know that uh, you'd not listened to the podcast before, and so the next part of the the podcast is going to be on you to you. So it's 10 questions, 10 quickfire questions that we're going to fire at you. Okay. Almost don't think of, of the answers. Just give me the answers just as quickly as you can. So the first one is your first medal, first sporting medal? Oh, uh, martial arts. All right. What kind of martial arts did you do? Uh, karate, and it was Shudokan, I believe, the style. All right. Yeah. Belt, yeah. colour of belt? Belt, yes. Yes, have you got a yes. belt? Have you got uh, a... Yeah, I still do have. Like, I never went all the way to the black one, but no. uh, I think I got to the brown one. Okay, like, so. good, good. When I was um, very young, eh? First trip abroad? Um, Spain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Spain. Did I go anywhere before that? Um, no, I think that was it, Spain. Okay. Yeah. First blood or rocky? Would you like to watch First Blood or Rocky? Um, Rocky. All Rocky, right. yeah. Seen sure. them all? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I thought that might float your boat rather yeah, than, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. than First Blood. Yeah. First film you could remember seeing? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I can only remember the latest ones, eh? I can only remember all the cartoons now that I've watched over the last couple of weeks. With your kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids? Life, I can't even remember life before, before kids. Eh? Uh, seven and three. Seven and three. That's a great age. Great age. First car? Uh, a BMW. No, lying. Uh, Volkswagen Golf, which we have been gifted uh, all right. by a mother of, uh, of my first girlfriend. Yeah, okay. When we were actually going to Spain, uh, yeah. we were moving there. She just gave it away to us, and uh, oh, really? we were we were both eighteen, and the car was eighteen years old, and but right. we made it to Spain all the way from Lithuania with it. So. Did it last much longer? Uh, not much longer. Another <laughs> half a year, I think, and that was it. <laughs> um, first bus or taxi? Would you take the bus or the taxi? Yeah, bus, bus. Definitely. I used to commute to school uh, with the bus as well, and uh, right. oh, I remember that cold, <laughs> cold winter mornings, you know, back in Lithuania, oh, twenty man. degrees below zero in the bus. All right. And, oof, You've right. just got the rain to contend with here. Yeah. Um, can you remember who your first client was? Uh, Alan, absolutely. Alan Moffat. I'll okay. remember that guy forever, right? Eh? All right, okay. Yeah, Always great to get that first client. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Okay, is he still with you? Still with me. Right. Still with me. Good, good. And what did he, what did he come in to see you about? Right? Just... Um, general checkup? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to improve his fitness. Uh, again, in advice uh, regarding the nutrition and, and, and things like that yes. yeah okay um and the first time that you thought that you could make it work with the gym uh first time when is I that from day one or was it yeah yeah it was from the day one and you know but you have your doubts and you have especially when just starting out the business you you have the ups and downs but I knew that it might change the way I do things, and it certainly has since mm -hmm. since when I started. But yeah. I never had any doubt in what I what I am about to do. You know, I never had any doubt in my passion. I knew it's like when you know that you know that what you're doing is a good thing. Yeah. So. Okay. So listen, this has been great. I'm I'm hoping that uh, the the viewers and the listeners enjoy this one. As I say, it's been a bit of a change from. 
the normal bricks and mortar podcast and it'll be good to get your feedback as to what you think if it's, do you want to do a plug for spiral health and fitness just straight to the camera um right well if anybody needs any advice uh, our website is uh, spiralfitness.co.uk and i don't know you can always send us an email so it's always a lot easier for me to help people out when i know what is that they might be struggling with or what kind of information they might need so and, and you're based in Bathgate. We're based in Livingston, in, in Carmen Dean, uh, in Carmen Dean Business Units, Units 4 and 5. Uh, and you can always find me there and my business partner, Daniel. Uh, you can probably find him more there than me. But uh, yes, and we both work from there. So please visit us. All right. Good stuff. Thanks very much. Thank you very much for having me here. Cheers. How did you like that? It was a bit different, wasn't it? As I say, we didn't really get into any sort of property chat and I really just wanted to dive a little bit deeper with Edvis on the motivation, the meditation and the movement side of things. So I do hope you enjoyed that. It would be good to get some feedback. As ever, delighted to get uh, some feedback from you. If you want to drop us a review on iTunes, good, bad or indifferent, the more people that are giving us reviews on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher, then it pops us up the rankings and really we're trying to continue to gain traction in what is quite a, a niche market. So that would be great. Usual offices, isn't it? It's uh, the email for me. So it's Jonathan Williams at begleybrown.co.uk. You can catch us up on the Facebook. We're getting more and more people getting to know us through the Facebook channel. So on the search bar, just type in Bricks and Mortar Podcast and we'll subscribe you into the Facebook page. And you can also log on to www.thebricksandmortarpodcast and subscribe to the blog there. We'll send you blogs, written blogs that I do three, four times a week and, and you'll get the most recent episode of the podcast that'll be sent to you so you don't have to continue to log into your podcast catcher of choice. So have a go at that. It would be good to hear from you and just get some feedback from you. Hopefully you're continuing to enjoy the show. I've been off doing my seminar thing again. I was off seeing the uh, people at the pharmacy, uh, pharmacy students who had just uh, graduated and I had given a talk there. I'd also gone off, you probably saw if you were looking at the the podcast and the blog that I'd been off to the ALG seminar. Just a great, great seminar got speaking with Jane Buchan, Sean McIntyre and Alex Summers there and three guys who are really moving forward came out of ALG and they're now heading up the ALG seminars in Glasgow. Great networking event and listen if you're ever stuck on a Thursday uh, then just pop along to I think they're going to be out of the Radisson they're going to have to they're going to be doing them once a month the next ones I think it's on the 19th of November but uh, just stay tuned and we'll catch up with uh, with Sean Jane and Alex I'm sure we'll get them on the podcast at some some stage I tell you when I got there I ended up speaking with a guy called Chris Coburn who is the BDM business development manager at Let It 
big letting agent out, uh, I think they're out of Paisley, so he's keen to come on and we'll have a chat with him, uh, probably try and get him on next week and then we can see how he is, he is going. Interesting to get his take on the new legislation and also how the rest of his staff are faring with regards to the exams that the letting agency fraternity are all having to do in order to ensure that they comply with the new legislation. I'd said earlier that I'd gone to the seminar, or gave a seminar rather, to the pharmacy students. We've done this a couple of times, probably it's it's more of a contact through Lindsay's, the legal firm, than it is through Begley Brown. But it was great there just telling uh, the graduates the how to to get mortgages, I'm still very much of the opinion that actually getting a mortgage, if you've got a decent job and you've kept your nose clean with regards to your credit and you don't have any sort of huge amounts of credit and you've got a deposit, those four things I think you shouldn't have too great a difficulty in getting a mortgage. Um, and I think for a lot of the, uh, the folk that I was speaking to, I think they found that quite quite strange because I guess that when you read the press or you look at uh, online there is this, still this doom and gloom mentality that actually getting money out of the banks is quite hard to get. It couldn't be further from the truth as I say as long as you're able to tick the four boxes that I just mentioned. Been there and I'd, I'd given my talk and I stayed on to, to listen to one of the other guys who was giving a talk and he was really interesting. He was talking to the graduates about interview techniques and how they should uh, portray themselves at an interview, how they should carry themselves at an interview. And a lot of stuff was pretty straightforward. But one thing he mentioned which was very interesting was that he reckons, and they've done research on this, that by the time you're 35, you will have had 14 jobs. I'll repeat that because it, it bears repeating 14 jobs in by the time you're 35. That's absolutely mental. Absolutely mental. I mean, from, from my standpoint at 49, um, I've probably had three or four jobs. And so, you know, it's, it, from an employer's perspective, Imagine that you were having to constantly employ for the same job 14 people over a 35-year period. I mean, you could then get somebody only staying in the job a couple of years. I mean, that's going to be an incredible expense. So it really does, you know, you need to ensure that you're training your staff up. What is it that Branson said? He says that you train your staff so that they can do the job and leave, but treat them well enough that they don't want to. And that's a really, really sound piece of advice. The other piece of advice that the guy gave was great is he said that when you're sending in your CV, how many of us have sent in the CVs and hoped that the person has received it and have actually looked at it? And he said one of the best things that you can do is give them a phone. Yeah, give them a phone, it establishes some sort of connection between you and the person who's hopefully going to be giving the interview and in all likelihood they're going to remember you because 
so few people will be doing that. I guess it follows that adage that you shouldn't email somebody if you can phone them and you shouldn't phone them unless you can see them in, in person. So pick up the phone if you're looking for that job and you've sent your CV, pick up the phone. It's maybe not, it's probably the best thing to do um, and hopefully it will ensure that you get in front of them for the interview. Listen, I appreciate that the interview with Edvis went on a little while and I'm conscious of the time so I'm really wanting to walk you all to the exit before I do um, just to say that this week was very much um, taken up with uh, on, the, on the rugby side of things. Certainly at the weekends I was off um, at what was called Begfest. See Begley who was one of the former owners of Begley Brown had a tragically died uh, about four or five weeks ago swimming uh, at a triathlon event in Singapore. Uh, Steve was, uh, although still run as Begley Brown, Steve had sold his share in the business a number of years ago, uh, but the outpouring of emotion uh, over the last, I guess, four or five weeks has been nothing short of, of amazing. And we had a huge big event that was organised by Chris Brown out at uh, Glasgow Ackies and really the great and the good. And I only played with Steve for a year, maybe two years, and only actually played rugby Ackies for three years tops, maybe four. Um, but the amount of people there who came uh, to celebrate Steve's life was was just absolutely fantastic, and and everybody had a a great old a great old time. Uh, and I, I mentioned that because when I was at the Warriors game, Glasgow got invited out to the Warriors game against Southern Kings there on Friday, and we were just about to take our seats, and on the huge big video screen, they had an advert for Begfest, and I tell you, it was a fitting tribute to, to him. Matt, his brother, was up along with his father, and uh, I met, I played with Matt as well, and uh, had a chat with his father, so, so they were in good form given the circumstances. And it was great. Rugby is one of these things that I guess so many people in the property game seem to end up um, having an interest in, in rugby or enjoying rugby. And, and it's always a great opportunity to meet the great and the good. Um, we bumped into David Round at Cairn there on Friday. And David McIndoe, Harper McLeod, uh, long in the tooth solicitor there. Uh, had a chat with him, Mark Taylor at Tay Letting, I bumped into him, uh, chewing the fat, trying to get him on. He's a little bit reticent in coming on, but I said that I would treat him well. Uh, so we're, we're trying to work on getting Mark. He's got some great uh, stories. Tay Letting is his business. And uh, Chris Breckenridge, formerly of the parish of um, Savills, who's now uh, making some headway and doing really well by all accounts at Corum. So it was great. I mean, another guy I met was a fellow who ran Caledonia Bureau, uh, the estate agency out in Paisley. So a guy, Scott Caldo, and we're hoping to get Scott on uh, on the show. Listen, again, I'm going to walk you to the exit because it really has gone on longer than I thought it would. I really want to thank you for listening to 50 episodes, I still can't get my head around that, that's 50 episodes of the Bricks and Mortar podcast. It, it is your property podcast, 
It is the Bricks and Mortar podcast, taking a sideways look at property. (laughs) 